the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Kuule Agbayani, Alamia. Happy Aloha Monday. Hope everyone had a fabulous weekend. Um, It's going to... It's already been an interesting Monday so far, <laughs> to say the least, um, but it's okay. Again, it was a long weekend, even though I pretty much spent yesterday recovering from the long day that was Saturday, and just a long week every week, but it was still fun, and another pretty much packed sports week this coming week, and, and throughout the end of, what is it, May? Probably May is when it, right after May is when it kind of slows down, and then you just have maybe a little bit of collegiate baseball, and then all we got left is... Major League Baseball. Okay. Woohoo! Yeah. Which actually I'm going to ask you, Alan. I don't know if you saw about how obviously spring games are going on right now, spring training, and the kind of the talk of the town is one of the new rules that have been implemented. And, and kudos to, of course, the umpires for being really strict on it because the players have to get used to it going into the regular season. But I believe it was Manny Machado who was given the first um, – what is the official rule? Like basically, Violation. Yeah, basically taking too long to set up for your at-bat because there's only like 30 seconds or whatever in between the batters. And <laughs> it's just one of those things. Like a couple of – they just got to get used to it. And, and since him, it happened a, a few times. But at least, like I said, this is when you can laugh it off because it's just spring and it's it's a chance for the players to get used to, to the rule because it's meant to speed up the game because it's always been the argument and at least – Major League Baseball is kind of doing things to not change the game, of course, for a lot of the the purists, or not change the game entirely, but at least try to speed it up for some of the newer fans and not lose a lot of the fans because that's kind of been the main argument. It's like the games are too long, and then you go extras, which is why they added the the man on first base or like just someone on base, second to, base. or second base just to start off with it so the game moves. But I just thought that was kind of funny to see. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, just the players kind of like, wait, what? And it's actually funny because one of the the violations actually happened with bases loaded in the last inning cost the game. That's, so. yeah. That's so, I mean, it, it's it's good because one of my biggest gripes about baseball, and I'm a baseball guy, is just the length of games. And, and I think average with this new clock in is now two hours and ten minutes. That's faster than some NBA games are taking right now. And don't get me started on the NBA because that sport's exactly. just stupid. That's why. We'll um, get into that later. But, no, I love the rules. Uh Mac, I, I do want to get into it later because Max Scherzer came out and said he loves the new rules because it gives power to the pitchers. I don't know if I actually agree with that 100%. I, I agree to it to some extent, but I also think like guys like Max Scherzer are going to miss the point here where it's actually going to be detrimental to guys like him. So, yeah. And we'll get into it coming up in just a little bit. But we want to start off, as we always do, with mainly our local sports that happen uh, over the weekend. Hope. People were able to do like I did and go to the on Saturday, go to the Aloha from Aloha Stadium event in the daytime and then head over to Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center for what was almost another close one for the University of Hawaii men's basketball team. But a win is a win and we will take it as it was a technically a sold out crowd. 10,300 tickets issued. Turnstile, though, was 8,248, which is still 
a really big crowd if you guys have ever been there. And it was just nice to see, I mean, just the upper level with a lot of the Keiki and their family that have never even been to, let alone like a men's basketball game, but to the actual arena itself. So it was, it was nice to see everyone kind of having fun, being engaged, wearing their white, all the T-shirts, although... I gave a I gave him a hard time about this though, but the former men's basketball player and coach uh, Mike Thomas, of course, shows up sitting courtside wearing all black and a red jacket on a whiteout. Well, yeah, but I can. <laughs> that's Mike. But that's Mike. I know, but that's, it's that's still Mike's like, style. Come like, on, Mike. and, and, and that, you know what? I, I sit there and I, I actually thought about it this weekend too because I was like, oh, it actually looks nice. Like guys kind of got the memo this time because usually when. When UH wants to do green outs, black outs, white outs. Oh, and outs, then the team doesn't like, actually wear yeah, it. Yeah, and then the team actually doesn't wear it. It just, it, it never works. So then the fans don't get behind it. And then like half will actually work. And the, But this time I looked at the arena and I was like, oh, uh, that's actually, I saw the pictures at least. I shouldn't say the video because that's another story. <laughs> I don't know how I'm blacked out here, but I am. Um, <laughs> uh, see, now I'm mad. Uh, but I saw that like the arena looked white. Uh, as far as the, the, what people are wearing, I was like, see, now that's a whiteout. And I'm glad the fans got behind it and they got the memo this time. And then the team was wearing white. So I was like, that's pretty darn freaking cool. Um, and, and yeah, the Keikis, uh, kudos. I, I think it was the, the Waikiki, right? Outrigger Malia. Yeah, so Mike Kawazoi from the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger donated about 3,000 tickets. That's Ryan Tanaka of Brotherhood and Sisterhood Grinds also contributed to the making the t-shirts happen. And then he also donated a bunch of pizza to the University of Hawaii students for them to come. Because, I mean, you have to have like a full student section. They were there early. There was a DJ, you know, playing like actual music and the doors were open. So it was from the start to the finish, crowds were there like Early, they were lined up. People got their T-shirts and everyone's handing out T-shirts. And it was just a really, really fun vibe. And of course, at the end of the day, the main thing was that UH got the win 72-67 to UC Irvine. And of course, and it's funny because I was like standing at the security entrance where the players and everyone walks in uh, before the game. And (laughs) I think I had said it. Did like, you chirp to Russ Turner? No, I didn't chirp, but I had said it, I think, to Paul was standing next to me. And I was like, oh, look, our best friend, Russell Turner. And then I think Mike comes, like, right after I said it and was like, hey, look, our best friend, Russell Turner. <laughs> He's it's so funny. It's just Aww. funny. It's just awesome because, honestly, that's probably, I mean, I don't think I would be as nuts. But I'd probably, if I were a basketball coach because I got pretty nuts when I was coaching JV soccer. So I can only imagine if I were like a collegiate basketball coach, I would probably teeter on the line of like a, a Turner or like a Bruce Pearl type of personality when I coach. So that's why I like to, to joke about it because he's just he's just a character. And, you know, it's just, it's just funny. And it's always fun when we get the win, though, over UC Irvine, who was number one or I think they're still holding the number one uh, spot in the conference. UH, both UH teams actually Men and women are still at that four spot, but it's still very close at the top. And that was another part of my pregame as I was kind of running around, you know, went, going to Aloha Stadium. Well, first we went to the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center, like after the walkthrough for the men's team and got like just a quick interview with Coach Gannott. Um, This will be released at a, a later time. Just more so talking to him about like his thoughts on the official sellout, because usually when we had our media availability in the beginning of the week, it wasn't a sellout yet. So just 
talking to him about that and then also um, just what it felt like to have the community come together and all the the donors to to make it and contribute to the sellout. But um, from that, then I went to the stadium and then came back to help like put the shirts out and everything and get everything situated. But in my little break in between like um, doing one thing to another, I was watching the Rainbow Wahine uh, game on ESPN Plus and oh my gosh, went to overtime against UC Irvine and it was just such a a heartbreaker just the ending of the game because UH actually had a chance to win and they got a steal I think there were like there was like 50 something seconds left Um, UC Irvine had the ball coming down the court we got the steal so we were able to stop and this is when the game was tied so we got the steal they did a nice transition like down the court the Rainbow Wahine did and it was almost like the unselfishness of this team and just Sometimes you get happy feet and it's a pure excitement. I forget who it was that was under the basket, but pass it to her under the basket and then just would have been like somewhat of an easy layup and then got called for the travel. So, you know, like I get it. Like that's how you feel when you get so excited and you're like, oh, my gosh, the basket's right there. That's funny. Referees actually calling travel. Yeah, they do in college, just not in other. But no. And then got called for the travel uh, and then Irvine gets the ball back. We go to overtime and then. Hawaii, at least in this situation, comes out at the bottom. Final score uh, in overtime, 68-66. So it's still a close game all the way through up into overtime for the Rainbow Wahine. But it's okay. They're bounced back. We said it. We keep talking about it all the time. It's just the matter of resilience at this point for the Rainbow Wahine and finishing out the season strong. And, hey, everything matters next week. Everything it's about, safe to yeah. say that they're in it. They're in the tournament, you know, barring anything craziness that happens right. the last two games of the of the season. But now we just prepare for the tournament. I think the crazy thing about them is even though, like, you know, it's an overtime loss and it stings, uh, the fact that they're taking, like, Irvine to the wire, which is what you see more, it's indicative in tournament play, going down to the wire, going to OT, really close at the end. Um, yeah, you took the L, but, you know, those Ls equate to dubs and, and, and when the, the – the times matter because lately they've been in these moments, these pressure moments. So now they're just kind of learning how to navigate through it. So that way, come next uh, in a couple of weeks when it's tournament time, they're you know they're going to be able to flip that switch. And and when and when games become close, if you're not used to those close games, the pressure gets to you, especially in in must win situations like a tournament is. And so therefore, I I think the Rainbow Wahine are in prime position. Um, you know these are all. You want these to happen now rather than later, of course, but you never want them to happen if you had your choice. But the fact is that these are learning moments from them. And that's one thing this team has proven from the get go, from the start to now. This team continues to learn and they continue to soak it all in. You know, they they, they take on adversity head on and, and they don't shy away from it. Yeah, and when we come back, we will actually get you audio, some post-game audio from the men's basketball senior night from Iran Ganat, and also uh, a lot of the, you know, of course, there's we have we do have some post-game video that we'll post online of, of some of the seniors themselves. But I wanted to actually catch up with Roland Hepa, the dad or father of Kamaka Hepa, and hear what he had to say. You know, just seeing his uh, son come back and playing for his home state, as he is from Kauai, but seeing that happen and. and everything kind of come full circle but we'll get to all of that and a little bit more including hhsaa wrestling and maybe get into a little bit more mlb talk to end the show when we come back on wake up in the den
Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. Uh, just recapping University of Hawaii men's basketball senior night. Don't forget this Saturday, though, is Rainbow Wahine basketball senior night. But we'll, out, we'll actually be out covering HPU softball on Saturday. So that's where, where we'll be. Uh, Kyle Galdera and... I'm still going to say hopefully Alan. I still feel like Alan Alan made his return, his season debut after being sidelined for a first the first few weeks of the baseball softball season. So he made his debut uh, this past uh, Friday and I don't know, it still feels like it, it's I was worried cuz it was cold, it was wet. I thought it was going to rain it, out. I was like Alan returns and we're going to rain out. Fortunately, both baseball games happened in the doubleheader and both were wins. So I said we're pretty good luck for this we team. Doing I mean, pretty to kind. We're, we're 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 pretty pretty good. But going back to UH basketball again, the men winning seventy to sixty seven over UC Irvine. Unfortunately, the women on the road losing in overtime sixty eight to sixty six. But shout out to Jovan McClanahan, twenty seven points. Uh, not only him, but also more sack. 14 points and 16 rebounds. And he actually got the start. This was actually the first time they've changed the starting lineup all season because Bernardo De Silva was out. And that was actually kind of the shocker. So as I mentioned before the break, I was at um, the UH to talk to Coach Gannat beforehand. And he, or it was actually one of the assistants that had kind of told me on the side, like, hey, you know, Bernardo's out. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> just like, just complete shock on my face because there was no indication of that like the entire week. Uh, usually when it's something significant like that, they'll be pretty open and honest about it. But uh, yeah, that was a shocker. Fortunately, Morissette kind of did his thing. Harry Ruladef contributed 10 points as well. So it was good to see those guys get some action. And for <laughs> poor Morissette, though, he does need to um, do some a lot more conditioning. You can tell he doesn't play as often because there was a point where he did start to get really tired. I mean, that kid was working his Okole off though, but he, you could see him start to like slouch over and he was almost doing like, you know, the LeBron James and not being able to run back on defense. So, <laughs> but fortunately they got him. They, they, he didn't stay in too much longer when he was start. They noticed him like not to run back, but it was good to see those guys really step up and it was great for the fans. Like what a perfect scenario that not taking anything away from Bernardo, but just someone like more sec, because that's what new fans want to see in basketball, right? They want to see dunks. They want to see alley-oops. They want to see that handoff. And fortunately for, as I mentioned, there were a lot of new fans to this sport, the two UH men's basketball and being in the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. So it, it couldn't have, worked out any better and for more sec to have a huge game and for even Jovan like just in terms of you know the kids watching a guy who's like not your traditional size of like a division one player be able to do his thing and really ball out and it was really it was a really really fun night but this is what head coach Iran Ganat had to say following the game and basically it starts off by just asking him about what was the atmosphere like for himself and for the guys. You know it was so incredible that I wanted to take it all in when the buzzer sounded you know you're so locked in but you could feel it going into tonight coming into the arena during the game I mean even I'm a guy who's pretty focused but there were times I'm like it was deafening in here and today was just a real celebration it was a celebration of the game 
uh, celebration of our league. I thought those were two good, really good game to see. Two teams going at it. Um, celebration, obviously, of our seniors. This 22-23 uh, team, our fans, who were incredible. Our arena, which is amazing, and this beautiful state. So we know we have to earn that. I'm just happy for everybody, to be honest. I'm we're looking at all the smiles and the kids and our seniors and the fans who stuck with us. And yes, we bounce back. You know, eight and one after a loss, and that's hard to do in the league, especially bouncing back from tough losses, quick turnarounds against good teams. But our fans bounce back, and they came here, and um, can't thank them enough. The journey that Smooch has been on six years, for him to have the three that put you guys up for good, what was that like? If you can take a step out of the coaching role, that you know, it's a, it's interesting because we started, on, and those guys know. I do my my personal senior night. Thank you for the seniors the night before after our walkthrough practice because I got it's too emotional um, and I got to shift gears and focus but I still was hard for me because I love those guys and what an impactful group you know Juan the the what he's represented what he's given us uh, a love for the game and ability to fight through more adversity than anyone I said nobody should have to fight through the adversity he has had to fight through and yet nobody could have handled it better and anybody unfortunately some people go through that go see him uh, and it was it's been impactful to our guys when we deal with that um you know kamaka two years they said i wish i could coach him longer than two that's it that's not fair um, but i think a lot of things changed for us you know we've been good we were solid during COVID, and we had to hang in there there and then when we signed Juan, jerome kamaka we took a jump for the on-court, off-court, and in the classroom. So their impact will be felt here for a long time. And, you know, just so happy he's with us. And they, obviously those guys have some incredible fans. You see, you want to see a good person? Starts with their family. Mutais, you know, I tried not to look at him. I've been through a lot of ups and downs with him, six years, known him for eight. Um, I'm so proud of him. To see what he's gone through, nobody misses three years between games and hangs in there and, Yes, the big three, I was just so happy for him because he had a couple good looks early, and I'm just going to keep shooting those. His, and again, we, we study the program and immerse ourselves in the culture here, so all our guys take pride in representing Hawaii. But when you have some roots like he and uh, Kamaka, it takes it up to another notch, and you can see those kids looking up to them, and we take that, we don't take that lightly. I love that kids here can look up to our group our seniors and Kamaka and Samuta. Uh, you'll see their imprint moving forward. First time all year you guys had to change the starting lineup. How do you feel like that unit responded when you guys adapted to it? Well, incredibly. You know, I think, uh, and Bernardo was awesome off the bench and impactful with his wisdom, and he's an experienced guy. That was a quick change. We didn't know where it'd be until earlier today. Uh, but how about, like I said, answer that. How about our freshmen? You know, we have two freshmen. I said this, what's awesome. We had two freshman bigs, Harry and Moore, who were incredible tonight, who come in and get the privilege of playing behind two awesome upperclassmen in Bernardo and Kamaka. And they get their teeth kicked in here and there in practice, but it helped them for tonight. It'll help them moving forward, and one day they'll be the older guys, and they'll show the younger guys. So the good things happen Good things happen to those who are patient, more so to those who are ready, and Moore and Bernardo and uh, Harry were incredible. Uh, the senior group picked them up too, helped them out. Javon and uh, Moore set the tone with their physicality to start the game, their aggressiveness. I was so proud of them for all things considered. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> losing his voice, just like I do some of the time when I get a little emotional talking about stuff. Uh, but it was it was a very fun emotional night. There was even like the the haka like that was done after the game as well. Nobody does senior like night like Hawaii and all the lay for all of the players and Samuta Avea, Kamaka Hepa, and Juan Munoz. Fortunately, we didn't get to see Juan play as much as we would have hoped as he suffered that season-ending injury against UH Hilo before the actual season even started. Um, but it was still a good senior class, and you heard Coach Gannat say how much they contributed. But uh, going back to Kamaka Hepa, though, you know, he was playing out at Texas, graduated, transferred over to Hawaii to choose to play for the home state of his dad. Uh, as we know, he was born and grew up in Alaska and came over to the other. I mean, technically, Alaska is a very big state by landmass, but a relatively small state in terms of population. So it was it's neat, you know, coming from one big slash small state to the other small state. But uh, again, the home of his dad, Roland Heppa. So I got a chance to catch up with Roland after the game because everyone's, you know, talking to the players and of course talking to Coach Gannat as as all media should. But I kind of, I'm a softie for like asking and talking to parents and seeing how how they feel and, and watching, you know, their offspring, sons and daughters kind of go off to college and play and do all this stuff. So uh, I caught up with Roland for a little bit and I basically just asked him to describe uh, the feeling that it was tonight and having or Saturday night and having Kamaka come and play for his home state. And this is what I had to say. It's a feeling I cannot describe. It, it really, it made my heart really, really happy, really proud. Um, And being him being here the last two years, just us being able to come here, it, come here every time. It was. I don't think you can describe that feeling. It's 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 it's, it's you get chicken skin. You know how we we call it. We get chicken skin, and it's always been that way. He's been a he's been a good man, a good young man. He's been a good role model. His siblings all been supportive of him. It was just, it's indescribable in, in one word. So I'm so happy he made the decision to come here from when after, after he graduated from Texas. I am so happy that he made the decision to come here because he had other, other places to go. And I did, me and he had talked and I said, hey, Hawaii is not a bad place. And he said, yeah, it's not a bad place. So when he made that decision, it was, it was nice. Beautiful, nice. It was, and of course, we had family that comes here from Maui, from Kauai, and, it's, and then from here also. So it's... Yeah, it's it's toughness, but we still have a few more games, yeah. you know. But I, I think that was the best decision he made right now for himself because he really enjoyed this place, you know, not growing up here, obviously, but coming here for the last couple of years, 
just looking at him and talking story with him, it was just, he really loved it here. Like I said, it's indescribable. It's, it really is indescribable. I mean, the, the, the love, the mana, you know, just being able to see everybody, and especially like tonight. It was almost sold out if you look at the crowd, you know, like. And then we had about, what, we, about 40 of us that came from the islands and, and obviously Alaska too. All his siblings came. So, yeah, it's, it's indescribable. It, it, it is. That's the only word I can use for that. And again, that was Roland Heppa, the father of one of the University of Hawaii, Hawaii men's basketball seniors, Kamaka Heppa, just describing or saying that is undescribable and, and getting really emotional there about uh, watching his son come and play for his home state after being away this this whole time and, and their family being going to come back. I think Kamaka said there were like, I think he had like 20 something like friends and family that came over from Alaska. So that's pretty cool to come celebrate with him because he's like, I think that's how many I had because that's how many tickets I had to get. <laughs> wow. So everyone coming over to make the trek. And it, but I mean, hey, it's Hawaii. So hey, it's Hawaii, hey. <laughs> even though the weather wasn't the greatest, it's a lot better than probably what they're experiencing on the West Coast and in Alaska right now with that storm system going through. So. You know, it's just cool when, when, especially moments like this, you get family and friends that will just kind of give up their daily lives to make sure they're a part of your one moment in time. And, you know, senior night, nobody, I'll say this till I'm blue in the face, no one does senior night like Hawaii. Um, it's just facts. I've, I've been to a lot of senior nights, and no one's ever done it the way Hawaii does it. And so uh, it's special, especially when you come from a remote part of Alaska and and and. And these guys, you know, it's it's hard to fly out here to make that trek because it's not just a simple, oh, it's nonstop. No, I'm sure these guys had to go from there, uh, from where they were to, you know, probably Anchorage, from Anchorage, probably down to California, somewhere mm-hmm. in California, and then from California. So, you know, what which, what should be only like literally four and a half, five hours probably took them about almost a full day's worth of travel to get here. Yeah, and I think it's cool. I, I talked about how it, it was Neat for the fans, a lot of them being there and watching this team being in the arena for the first time to see someone like Morsec and the dunks that people just fans of basketball love to see. But I think also in the long run, just seeing or for a lot of these kids too to also see someone like a homegrown talent like Samuta Avea, you know, graduated from Kahuku, played basketball over there, came and played for the University of Hawaii and got, you know, became a starter and did all of these great things over here. And then you have someone like Kamaka Hepa to come and play for a couple of years. Yes, he's not from here, but he is still of native Hawaiian descent. And I think I'm getting I'm getting chicken skin, like Roland said, just thinking about it, because it's not something that you see often here in basketball anyways. You know, we see it for a lot of the other sports, obviously football as well and then we see it with with softball with soccer a lot of the local talent that gets a lot of playing time and and of course Polynesian players especially with football but in in men's basketball it's like it's so rare that you have local talent that is not only that makes the team because it's just another difference it's just another level like and and there's only five people on the court at a time so it's really hard for local talent to get there and to to get significant playing time and yes like you said make a difference on a team so I think that's to me that's what I think was so special 
about this team. And and again, unfortunately, you know, there's not so much we can say in terms of the play of the other senior in Juan Munoz. But by all accounts that we were expecting, he was going to almost be like our Steph Curry, unfortunately. And he was actually, he goes and shoots around like before and after games. And yeah, he's just like nailing threes like nothing so uh but but you know by all accounts like because i know the kid as like a person and he he's a great great human being and i'm sure he contributed a lot to the classroom aspect because he already has his degree too and like i think his master's degree even in business yeah i think he was going for his doctorate yeah which is crazy at his age but this senior class, yeah, is definitely special again with just the huge Hawaii ties and Polynesian ties to the University of Hawaii. And then Juan Munoz just coming over, just such a smart, smart kid. And fortunately, we didn't get to see him play, but it'll be it'll be special. But the season's not over yet. <laughs> Still got a couple more games left in the regular season and then into the Big West tournament next week. When we come back, we'll get you caught up with a lot of the stuff that happened in the HHSA Texaco Wrestling Championships over the weekend on Wake Up in the Den. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia. All right, lots of other things going on over the weekend, as I, I was kind of mentioning with the state championship wrestling happening uh and shout out oia (laughs) go ahead and say the school is that a is that a is that a good sound effect? No, yeah. I'm just saying OIA, man. It was an OIA I, yeah, sweep. But, 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 but let's, let's be real. It was real. an OIA uh, sweep of the state tournament. Kapole winning the boys' state tournament. And Moana Lua going back to back winning the girls' team title. So shout out to the OIA schools and for the boys, actually. So this was their first state title in boys' wrestling for Kapole. But it's also the... Third, only the third OIA school to win since 2018. So as we say, it's always tends to be dominated, just like a lot of the state tournaments dominated by the ILH schools. Well, you know what? Not this time. You know OIA, what? baby. And actually, so like the Watase name and family, that's my wife's side of the family. Um, you know, they're prominent in wrestling here, especially in the state in the ILH. And so... Um, it, we're a wrestling family, and, and so I know they were watching it very closely this past week. But kudos to the OIA, man. It's not easy. You're going up against you know schools with more money and, and more resources, and, and they took it to them uh, in the team and individual aspects. So uh, it, it's exciting for the OIA, and I'm, I'm telling you guys, I, I think the dominance of the ILH in a lot of things is starting in a – you're going to start to see a trickle down effect where it's going to st- the, the talent wise is going to even out because some people just can't make that trek to a private school in town. So they're going to stay home or stay closer to the area, which is their local public school. Um, and, and so the talent, you know, that's where it starts. The talent stays home. And, and I think you're going to that talent level is going to even out. And therefore, I, I think you're going to start to see a little bit of a more evening out as far as like who's winning championships. And I think that's the cool thing. It's no longer, I, I think we're out of the days of where the ILH is just going to dominate everything. Yeah, and it was crazy because not only that, but these student athletes had to deal with like kind of the last minute change. Like they got moved all the way out to BYU, Hawaii. And actually one of the the winners, the 225 pound 
a winner for the girls, Maya Isera of Kahuku, who defeated Ashley Aswega of Nanakuli. She actually said, quote, I was really surprised because things like this don't happen. States is always at the Blaisdell, but everyone is here. All of my family, the whole school. I heard the tomahawk during my match. It was so crazy. I love the energy because it being out there, it's almost like the home crowd yeah, for Kahuku. So that's pretty cool that they, the fans of Kahuku, like Maya, uh, all her fans didn't have to make the trek, as usually they always do for any type of state tournament because it tends to be more central on this side of the right. island. So, I mean, being able to to kind of have that home home, home mat advantage. I was trying to look for the home mat advantage for I, that. I, and, and again, like you said, because everything's centralized, where that's why they have a lot of the state championships in town. I think the Blaisdell's going through renovations, if I heard, and that's why it had to be moved. They're, they're just not completed yet, or some something like that. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of cool, like you said, you get that home gym vibe, and and you get your family and friends all out there who normally wouldn't be able to make it all the way down to like let's say the Blaisdell or here in town. And that's why a lot of people wanted to gripe about the state football championships being at Mililani. The, the fact of the matter is, it actually works out because it's now when you want to talk about centralized, that's centralized. It's right smack dab in the middle of the North Shore, right smack dab in the middle for townies. And right, I call us townies, and and right smack dab in the middle for those coming, you know, from you, like like central Oahu. Of course, it's right there, so it's it's in the middle of everybody. That's the melting pot of of the three areas: the leeward, the windward, and and town side. So, um, I think you're going to start to see a lot more schools. Maybe I think we're going to get rid of maybe doing it in these big arenas and 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 having centralized locations because I think it adds to it, and I think you probably end up getting a little bit more crowd than you would necessarily if it was somewhere in town especially for I the- feel like it filled up pretty good when it used to be at the Blaisdell as well and I think any I mean state wrestling I mean, state, is huge yeah, state, here state, that's what state I mean like states is, like, this is a wrestling need, state you kind of need like a big arena like but you could have it where in you can fill it up BYU Hawaii's I mean yeah BYU Hawaii is actually a really good size yeah. gym to have it in that's why I'm like for the state wrestling tournament I mean the crowds and the schools like show up and show out. And especially as we mentioned, like if, if OIA schools continue to kind of get in there with state wrestling, I mean, they, their fans always like to come out and, and travel. Like we, like we talk about some of the memories of Aloha Stadium, and I just remember a lot. I guess maybe it was almost like fan overkill, you know, when St. Louis was kind of on their run, and then anytime they would play one of the public schools, like they played Mililani, and then of course Kahuku, and at the Aloha Stadium, and it was like they always had more fans from like the public schools, whether it was Mililani or Kahuku. Then then they're like, oh, that's cute, St. Louis, your fans over there. But again, the excuse will be like, well, it's because we're always in the state championship game or whatnot. Yeah. But um, I, I feel like a lot of because we're and I say we obviously because I'm a product of the OIA is like we're used to, to always being the underdogs. Like I feel like you're even, used to being second fiddle. Like I feel look. like even if you're Kahuku and you're so dominant in football, like you still will always have the chip on your shoulder against like the ILH because you're just like oh we're you know we're still the OIA school and it's always the ILH kids get everything Here, and they, they go to, they get all the nice stuff and they the, get all the good food right and here's here's the crazy thing about it like everyone wants to see like maybe more so in the past but everyone used to think also like well the better coaches go private school and so they're in the ILH you, you know if you go ILH you're getting better coaching that is not the case let me tell you that uh, as a matter of fact. Some of the best coaches in the state are coaching at your public schools, your OIA schools. It's just a matter of what district you're in and, and where you, you reside. But 
But the stigma to the you know that that whole notion of ILH has everything better is, is not true anymore. And I'm not knocking the ILH because the ILH is really good. Yeah, by we'll the always, way, we always show love to the ILH. Yeah, we we'll just always, like to take a jab. We'll, you guys know, like, just because, like I said, I I went OIA, so it's like you're always gonna forever have that, like, oh, ILH. Yeah, like, it's all no. about like, OIA, public school. <laughs> but I just want people to understand too, though, like, even if you choose to stay home and you choose to stay, I say stay home, but like, you know, stay in your area and go to your OIA school. Like, by all means, man, the coaching is really, really top notch as well. Okay, so. Uh, you know that used to be a thing like they why you wanted to go to ILH is because you you always figured they had better everything from coaches down to facilities down to everything just not true anymore things are starting to kind of even out little by little not it's not going to be tonight tomorrow type thing but but it's starting to even out yeah by the way if you want to have more of the extended wrestling coverage Billy Hall actually put out a good a full article for the Star Advertiser. I mean, he has like quotes from every single winner from both the boys and the girls champions of each weight class. So go and check it out in the paper today or even online. Like that's what I was looking at today. Uh, last thing for wrestling. Also, Adrian Lee, the youngest sibling of the Lee family, who, as we talked about before, they had lost their younger sister, Victoria Lee, back in December. He actually won the 160-pound division, uh, defeating Nai Hasegawa of Baldwin 6-2. Christian Lee, his older brother, was... On his side, coaching as well, and I, I believe the family were in attendance too. So uh, it, it's just good. Like it, it's what comes to that point, right? You have to, as painful it is, you have to move to on. Lose someone, you have to move on. You have to support the 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 siblings that you still have on this earth, and the and the children that you still have. So it was good that they could have like kind of that positive thing and and work towards especially for now the again the youngest sibling and adrian lee winning for midilani high school that's what you're waiting for right yeah I'm, I, I'm, I'm surprised you lasted that long uh i had to give kapale and moana lua their flowers well, they, won the, they won the team portion what, what's of the, the, the what, hhsa what, what title is it? what was that line for that movie oh i know you ain't got a lot of you ain't got a lot craig <laughs> Like I said, I had to give I had to give them their flowers, a team aspect. Couple A, only the again, the the first or the first bleh, winning their first state or state title in boys <laughs> wrestling and the third OIA school to do so since 2018. We'll be back to close it out on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Do it! Oh my gosh, you know what I forgot? How'd you let me forget that, Alan? Now I gotta do it close. I usually do it at the bottom of the hour. Welcome back to all of you, <laughs> the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. I tried, people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agabiani, and Alan Mia. I can't believe I almost I forgot. Tried. I told you guys it was going to be a wacky Monday because there is a lot more space in front of me uh, in the studio than usual. So uh, my feng shui is a little thrown off this Monday morning, but hope. Like I said, everyone had is enjoying their Monday back to work morning so far and enjoyed the very eventful weekend as everyone, there was just so much going on locally. And obviously there's always stuff going on in in Hawaii. But 
I want to make note again that we will have the HPU softball uh, broadcast coming up this Saturday. But it for all of you HPU softball fans, we won't be out there today, but they do open the PacWest Conference play today against Biola. First game is at 1 o'clock p.m. out there at Howard A. Okita softball field on the windward side. So uh, I'm going to try to make it out there, even though we're not broadcasting, but I'm going to go give short a little bit of support out there. Maybe maybe I can bring the good luck vibes as, hey, we were there for the PacWest opener for baseball over the weekend, and they ended up sweeping Biola. So shout out to Dane Fujinaka and the, the Sharks for kind of starting off PacWest play undefeated so far. And the crazy thing about watching that game, and, and I'm not even like as, you know, insightful about baseball as obviously like Alan, Kyle, Paul are, but just from watching as far as I know, it's like this team, if you look at the size of this team in the Sharks and the opponents they play, it's like a huge difference. And we were there out when they played Minnesota Crookston and then this time with Biola and then just the, the size difference of both teams. But the Sharks, though, in terms of baseball, they just they know how to put the ball in play which is, yes, a very big deal in baseball, and just their defense. I mean, there were some there were some plays on Friday. I'm like, no way he's going to get to that ball. I'm like, oh, okay, he got to that ball. That's cool. So, I mean, if you can just put the ball in play, play good defense, Yeah, that's, that seems to be kind of their MO of this team because, again, their size is just not – it's just so much smaller compared to some of the other teams, including a conference team like Biola. And I'm assuming more teams that they'll face throughout the rest of the season. But they're just a really, really fun team to watch. They're, they're fun. Um, and and the, really, the cool thing is they got a lot of depth this year, something they didn't have last year. They got a full recruiting class in there for Dane, uh, Coach Dane. And, and and so there's there's coverage everywhere from top to bottom. But they're outfield. And, and their corner defense is really, really – actually, I should say all their infield. Their defense as a whole is really spectacular. Uh, the, the the outfield with, with Kosh in, in left and DJ in, in center and, and Suzuki in right, uh, Kota – they cover a lot of ground, and a lot of a lot of times, and when when you play teams that go gap to gap, you know they're gonna find the seams there uh, and place the ball in there for hits and extra bases. But this team, this outfield, does not allow for that because they get one, they read the ball off the bat extremely well to begin with. Uh, secondly, they got top end speed that is unreal, and so they they they're able to get the balls that normally would be hits and extra base hits for other t- other teams, and so you know that's a bonus. So if you give up one in the air. You know, you're not too worried. So that gives confidence to the pitchers to go ahead and attack the zone. Defensively on the infield, oh my gosh, Richard Higa has really grown into that spot at Mm -hmm. at the corner, at the hot spot at at third. Um, From when he first started to where he is today, night and day. I mean, he was good to begin with. He is superb now. Um, Really quick reflexes. His twitch muscles off the get-go. His reaction time, superb. And then with a strong arm to go with the the corner spot. Uh, TJ TJ at shortstop. uh, Unreal coverage ground. Moves laterally really, really well. Has a strong arm as well. And then, you know, second base, you know, between Nicholas Gio, who's out right now, but then uh, being taken over by a freshman in Perales, you know, really, really superb job, especially from that area, the, the field. Really, again, you got a lot of lateral movement and a lateral speed. And and so able to, able to cover the 3-4 the hole and even up the middle, which they did a couple times uh, superbly. And then Travis Johnson at first base. 
what can you say? That dude's a big <laughs> target for everybody, and then also is able to get down and pick balls. Just a lot of confidence, and that and adds confidence to your pitching staff, which actually has more arms now than they did last year. Last year, I think they only had 14 arms. This year, they got, I think, 21 or 22, something like that. So there's a lot of guys, uh, and they're, they're back-end heavy, which is really, really something they didn't have last year. So uh, spectacular job all the way around, playing a really big team. I mean, you look at... Um, the first baseman for Biola, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Wyatt, Wyatt Duncan. Oh my god. Six foot three. He's two, built like a football player. Oh, six foot three, two hundred forty pound, two hundred forty-five pounds, all muscle. And and he dropped the bomb the first game, but then really HPU did a good job of keeping him really off balance throughout the rest of the series. Um, but man, that I mean, you, you thought that was just you you figure, okay, you're gonna have one big guy like that. No, no, no. They had about three or four. I mean, one of their pitches was six foot six, one seventy five tall lanky and every bit of six foot six that wasn't being cheated on the uh on the uh you know sometimes in the the program the media programs they kind of cheat on the height a little bit he was all of six foot six maybe even more yeah but again like hpu not intimidated one bit they go out there put the ball in play and even like we mentioned their pitching i mean jack o'brien you know was it the first or second second game first game the like HP went up to zero and then you know gave up a couple of home runs for them to tie it and you know what they didn't even really look phased they just kind of did their thing and was still able to grind out the the win because you know you give up two home runs back to back and you're just like oh man you can see you'll start to see pitchers kind of slump over a little bit but kudos to just the coaching and the team itself I mean didn't phase them at all. Yeah, just real quickly about Jack O'Brien. This is a guy who usually can sit around 87, 88. But let me tell you about maturity. This is when you know a pitcher has become mature in his game and it knows and stays within himself. He topped out at 82 on Saturday. I mean, on Friday. Not because he, he couldn't go any harder. It's just he's crafty. He, he doesn't need to go 88, 87. Why, why go 88, 87, 88 and not hit my spots when I can sit 82 and just paint? And that's what he did all, all game long on Friday. Oh, man. So good. Long season to go, season or conference season just getting started. This week, however, is the uh, PacWest basketball tournament. So for on the men's side, you have Chaminade and UH Hilo representing the Hawaii schools. And on the women's side, the lone Hawaii school in the tournament is, of course, the HPU Sharks. Again, shout out to first-year head coach Katie Novak just coming in, taking the Sharks to the tournament and a lot of the returning players as well. So best of luck to them as we head into this week and a lot more stuff to, to kind of get you caught up with. All right, for Alamia, I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. It's been Wake Up in the Den. Bye. Your brand new home for OIA Athletics. KGUAM. K236CR. Honolulu is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.